Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Frank Wolf from Western New York Athletics and the 300 level. Roger Weiss, our resident troublemaker, is here, and we are joined by Ben Woods of STA Sports Performance. We're going to talk a little training today. Uh, you have uh, football practices getting ready to get started in both uh, Little League and high school, not to mention soccer and any other fall sport. So we're going to talk a little bit about hydration and, and training, in-season training. So we'll have all that and more. Good morning, guys. Good morning, y'all. Hey, how are you? All right, we had the Kensington Lions All-Star Game this past week, uh, this past Wednesday at Depew High School. It was a 13-6, I believe, the final score. The South wins. Uh, congratulations uh, to everyone involved, especially Dylan Jenka and Matt Aldridge, who were in studio representing for the game. And I understand that they had pretty good games. Yeah, even Drew Butler uh, had a nice grab in the second quarter. Um Eldridge is, a, you know, he's a bowling ball out there, uh, but he played defense too. He wasn't just out there running the ball. Um, had some nice tackles. Dylan, I know he had an interception early, but other than that, he recovered nicely and was chucking the ball around and running. And he had a pretty good game himself. Yeah, he might have, for whatever reason, he impressed me more as a runner in this game than he did in the passing. I was telling Tony before the show started. I don't like the way they go through these uh, offensive formats. You got three quarterbacks. They're rotating the quarterbacks on every series of downs. They'll go out there, and then if they lose possession of the ball, the next possession, they'll bring in quarterback number two. And they'll play till they give up the ball. The next possession, they bring in quarterback number three. It's hard enough to be have any continuity when you only do it with two quarterbacks. When you do it with three quarterbacks, forget it. If it was me, I would rather have quarterback number one play the first quarter, quarterback number two play the second quarter, quarterback number three play the third quarter. Whichever one seems to be the best out of the three, evaluate that. Let him play the fourth quarter when it's crunch time. Or mix it up in the fourth quarter and then go to uh, an alternative set. Yeah, depending on the situation and all that. The other thing, and I think the South got away with it, by, and I think I would you know, attribute their defense more than anything South had a running They had running backs. They had so many running backs and only one football. It was a shame. And they seemed to be concentrating more on the pass. Uh, boy, they could have had the running game set up the pass like you would not believe. I mean, I mean Tony, their, their power, you know, I guess they would have called it a goal line when they got down there. I mean, this is their full house backfield. Matt Eldridge. Nick Schaefer from South Park, who's sometimes quarterback, sometimes running back, who should be playing the offensive line, and uh, Ian Baker from Springville. That's not fair. I know it's not <laughs> fair. And, you know, and uh, <clears throat> that doesn't include a. Did you ever hear of a guy named Alton Ingram from uh, Dunker? <laughs> who had probably the best run of the day. Exactly. And they just assumed, you know, they were bound. I thought they were bound and determined to make the passing game work. And they had running. I mean, 
I'm waiting for this running game, and it just, you know, they just seem to want to dwell on the passing game. Uh, both defenses play good. Kudos to what I guess Chad Curris was the defensive coordinator on the South team, and uh, the North team, uh, no, uh, Faller was offense, so I don't know, it was one of the Niagara Falls assistants that was crediting the defense, but the defense played admirably on both both teams. How was the turnout? Incredible, I thought. It's, well, you well, tell me. They, they always eventually fill up. Uh, and don't think it's the ones I remember were a few of those games they had at Lancaster. I mean, when they were three deep all the way around the whole perimeter of the stadium. I haven't seen crowds like that since. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, well, what the, uh, what was the 50-50? 50-50 was Just over. under 11 or right around 11. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, you know, that's not too shabby. <laughs> I mean, you know, the only ones I can remember better than those was uh, – couple of the uh, Randolph Maple Grove games down there. Now, there's, it's worth going down there just for the 50-50. I'm telling you. Well, you think that's uh, go to Ohio, go to some of the games there. I think they had well, a $30,000 yeah, well, 50-50. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I thought it was a good a good day for football. Good night for football. The rain held off for the most part till the very, very end. Yeah, and it was just it a tiny that, drizzle. Yeah, and that wasn't rain. It was it, humidity. Come it on. didn't send anyone running for, the, for shelter, but... Uh, it was a nice night, uh, easy to get into, easy to get out of, I thought, for the most part. Fans were well-behaved. Joel Licata like was all, there. Yeah, it's like all home week. Everybody's there. At least oh, sure. If they're not there it's for a big get-together. It's, it's exactly what it's it is. It's a big reunion. By the way, shout-out to Dick Domenico. Uh, thank you for the conversation the other night. Made made my night. It was uh, such a pleasure to get to talk So that's with probably him. why. he was, was that Thursday, you said? Thursday. Oh, I was going to say, if it was Wednesday, then he was at the 19th hole. I didn't see him at the All-Star game. One Just, of the few people I didn't see. One of the things I learned at the the game at the halftime, I was talking to uh, one of the Grand Island coaches and some players from NT. I didn't hear this news, but Coach Fumarelli was involved in a serious car accident I didn't hear from that. NT, and he had to resign from that position. So Dan Troy is the interim coach, I guess, or will be coaching the NT Jaxis season. So huge shout-out to Coach Fumarelli. We had a couple of very brief conversations didn't want to get into what happened, but all the best to Coach Fumarelli. Oh, yeah, He's absolutely. Heal quickly. Oh, man, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that was kind of a bummer to hear that news. Hmm. Oh, you know, he walked into a tough situation there. He handled it with grace and professionalism, hmm. I'm, and uh, it's sad. It's sad. Well, hopefully he heals quickly. Well, uh, the Jack should be all right. I mean, you know, yeah. Dan Troy's a no-nonsense guy, so, you know, he's – NT is fortunate to have him to be able to step in, in my opinion. And when we had a basketball uh, coaching announcement? Yes, we did. Well, I got to tell you. Yeah. Des Randall is heading back, I should say, to West Seneca West. Um, and he's going to take over the program there, and uh, best of luck to him. Yeah, and obviously mm-hmm. it's uh, official now. Matt Myers is over there with Justin Johnson. Yes. Uh, yep. Okay. And. Um, there's a new volleyball coach at Kimmer East. Francis posted uh, his name is Gary Tock. The return of Gary Tock. Wow. Okay. So congratulations to them. So that's it for news and notes, or do you guys have anything else? Well, the fields are almost done. They look great. Kemmer West looks incredible. The softball, baseball field, Will East, coming in nicely. I saw a picture of that. Oh, that looks really yeah. nice. Yeah. That's exciting. The, the chatter on social media from the students and the athletes and I just can't wait for the fall. <laughs> I know. And there was, because uh, I was at the uh, one playoff game softball at uh, Will East in there, and 
Gee, I guess the modified is going to have to play a transit. Was that transit middle school? That's okay. a, for modified. That's an awesome diamond. That's that facility at Will East combining and only the tree separating. So Will East from transit middle. I'm anxious to see what that looks like when that's finished. All right, guys, let's get into talking a little bit about training. We have Ben Woods from STA Sports Performance. Uh, ben has been a regular on this program for as long as I can remember. Uh, ben and I work together on the Thurman Thomas Training Hour. Shout out to Thurman if he's listening. Um, and uh, I learned a ton from you guys. So anytime I get a chance to bring you on, I uh, I am happy to do so. When I think the timing is perfect uh, to get into this type of uh, conversation with uh, Little League football starting on Monday. High school starts on the 14th uh, for all fall sports. So you're hitting the time. Mm. Buffalo Bills are in training camp now. And by the way, stay tuned to WGR uh, Sports Radio 550 all day and every day for your Buffalo Bills training camp update. Sal Capaccio doing a tremendous job at St. John Fisher College. So we have all that going on, and this is the time of year where heat is starts to creep up. It hasn't been too bad so far. We've been lucky, but right. you know when mm-hmm. once camp hits, that temperature rises. So now you have uh, a situation where you, you're starting, you're starting camp, and you're dealing with the heat. Hi, uh, hydration is huge at this point, Ben. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not just the heat; it's the humidity too. You got to watch out for because when it's hot out, like if you get on to Arizona and it's more of a drier heat, you know. And again, if it's 90s, 100s, still got to be attentive to it. But you know, it's the humidity that you got to watch too because as you sweat. You know, when it's humid, that sweat is not going to evaporate like it does when it's a little drier outside. So when that sweat just kind of sticks to your body, probably remember when that, it kind of glazes over, that'll actually drive up your, your internal uh, body temperature as well, which can put your risk for, you know, heat stroke. and Because you your know, skin's not breathing. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, knowing that three-quarters of your body is made up of almost, you know, completely water, you know, you have to really take hydration to a, a little bit higher priority. So, you know, this time of year, especially as, as guys are getting out, they're putting not just running around in shorts and t-shirt, they have pads on helmets. You know, so there's even more things that help contain that heat. Plus you put in the fact that a lot of them, like us, we're going to be on artificial turf. Absolutely. Which, oh yeah, that, you know, that, those dark, you know, green colors, you know, just absorb that heat. So now when you're down on the ground, you know, making tackles, hits, even being on your feet, you know, it's going to, it's going to drive up that heat as well. And so, the heat radiates off the field. Right, right, right. So, you know, we, we push the hydration, not just the day of, but we start teaching athletes, you know, even, even, you know, days before you need to start that hydration process. So not the night before, you need to start it a couple of days a couple before. A couple of days before, right, right. Because if you wait till you start to feel dehydrated, it's already too late, you know, with that. And that's why you've seen even at the pro level, guys are on the sidelines getting hooked up to IVs in the locker room to, to try to rehydrate their systems um you know guys cramping you know quite often and, and again not all of that always is directly related to hydration but most most of the time it is uh, but but even if you look at the research you know even a two to three percent um you know decrease in water weight in your body is going to cause even a 10 to 15 percent decrease in performance and that's just not physical performance you know getting slower and weaker on the field but that's cognitive function that's mental performance so if you're a coach calling in plays and the players aren't you know they're just not being focused on the field you know hydration plays a big role with that as well you know as they get tired so now when you talk about hydration and uh, starting a couple of uh, days earlier how much water intake do you need to uh, get in your body mm-hmm. uh, leading up to practice so a general rule of thumb for for athletes we always recommend and this is this is prior to training is about half of their body weight should they should take in in ounces of water so if you have a 200 pound athlete they should be looking to consume about 100 ounces of water so if if somebody has like a 12 or 16 ounce water bottle in front of them, you know, that can 
kind of give you an idea of how many of those you should be drinking throughout the day. Um, now, you mix in you know, a workout or a practice session on top of that, that number is going to go up slightly as well. So I would make sure that you know, they're getting at least half their body weight in ounces. And then on top of that, you know, sipping water throughout, you know, before, during, and then after as well. I know back in, you know, the day, even when I was playing in high school, you know, coaches would tend to think it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a weak mentality to, you know, want water. You know, it was during, also a punishment. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, you know, as more research comes out, it shows that it actually helps enhance performance. You know, when you are hydrated, obviously there's a, there's a time and place, you know, you don't want a kid just always going to the water fountain because, you know, they're out of shape and they just want to break. You know, there, there's obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I've seen that in too. So I, I can respect where coaches are coming from. Um, but I think, it, it, you know, if you're a coach out there listening, you know, I would structure water breaks, especially on days where the temperature is getting up, you know, in upper 70s, 80s, you know, the humidity is a little higher. Definitely try to prioritize water breaks a little bit more often, you know, throughout the practice. And, and you will greatly benefit from it as well. Your advice to young coaches out there uh, who are just getting into it, again, this is directed at the, at the youth level. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often uh, should you break? If you have a, a uh, hour and a half, two hour practice. How often uh, should you pause for water? Well, I, when I was playing at UB, I mean, we our practice sessions were set up on periods, and so if we had like an hour and a half or two hour practice, there might be fourteen or twelve or fourteen periods throughout the practice, and each period would last anywhere from like eight minutes up to twelve to fifteen minutes. So I, I would say in between each period, and that's what we did at UB. They would give us a, a water break, you know, a quick one or two minute break, and then we'd get right back with our our position coach or you know whatever ex, you know drill we were doing next. Um, another good way to test for it too is uh, we have this and even at the professional level a lot of lot of teams that have uh, professional nutritionists on staff they actually use this in the locker rooms and and um, a, a urine test you know your your urine co- color is a, a direct correlation with how hydrated you are so if you're you know, if you're you know taking a, a leak and um, you're, you're noticing that your urine color is a little darker in color, it's a, it's a more of a darker yellow um, kind of tint. That's you're not a, hydrated, right? Exactly. You want it more of a clear consistency uh, when you're going, so not to get too um, you know explosive. But yeah, that's that's another good way to test for you <laughs> for you guys. You know, with that. So again, it you know just well, that's what practical advice nowadays in high school. You know, we're not trying to be. Funny or no, it's smart aleck or nothing. That's the way it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's the truth. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just be attentive to that. You know, athletes need to take accountability for themselves as well, you know, and know ahead of time, like, all right, you know, because the coaches aren't babying and you know, walking them hand by hand 24 hours a day. They're only with them for two hours. So I think the coaches need to educate the athletes on it, and the athletes need to take accountability and, and make sure they're prepared before practice comes. We contact all the players beforehand, and uh, in fact, our head coach, Chuck Fink, he'll send Send out uh, uh, group text. You know, start hydrating, mm-hmm. and you know before we even start practice. So that's going to probably go out today. You know, that's good. In, in anticipation for Monday. That's good. Yeah, the more you can educate your players, you know, because believe it or not, like you know, if, if you educate them properly, I mean, most of the guys are going to take take that advice and, and listen to it. Um, you know, you don't want to overwhelm them with facts and this and that, but you know, constantly you know dripping that those, those little knowledge nuggets into them you know, about hydration and nutrition and, and sleep, you know, those little things, they'll stick with a lot of the guys and it'll make a big difference, you know, by the time the season rolls around. Now you just oh. perked up a lot of parents' ears when you said sleep. And if you're a parent like me whose kids hate sleeping, how do I get them to sleep more? Right. <laughs> one of uh one of my um former strength conditioning coaches, he's now the head strength coach with Arizona Cardinals, Buddy Morris, above his office door and he's told me this countless times, he said, Train hard, recover harder. 
So obviously you want to go hard in the gym, you want to go hard in practice, but recovery should be even a higher priority to recover from the demands of, of practice and of the weight room. And he tells you, just like any, any um, uh, respectful strength coach, they'll tell you that the top three methods of recovery, number one is sleep. Sleep is, is the number one way to recover. It's innately built into our system and it's free, you know, but it's not sexy like a lot of these other gimmicks and gadgets that are out there. So athletes don't take advantage of sleep, you know, mixing with technology and staying up late on their phones and all these other distractions. Sleep is the number one way to recover your body from, you know, from the demands of, of workouts, from, from stress, from anxiety, you know, with, if you broke up with your girlfriend, or if you had a hard test or if you have a big test the next day, sleep is, is the number one fix to help, help bring recover and avoiding that accumulation of stress that, that players have over the course of time. Um, Cause I can tell you, even with training camp, you know, you see it in the bills now, you know, with some of the guys that are starting to get little tweaks, you know, it's day three of practice, you know, guys are already starting to get a little banged up, you know, by day three, four, five of camp, your body's in overdrive. So you really have to make sure you're prioritizing that recovery. Um, real quick touching on sleep, though, I mean, you mentioned that. Um, as far as sleep goes, and this, is, this isn't just a, an athletic um, issue. This is, you know, globally, this is in the workforce, too. I mean, I just read a study um, yesterday morning where they were saying 43% of the workforce, and this includes, you know, everybody that has a job, is sleep deficient. And they actually have um, a lot of studies showing that you know, a lot of those workers, whether they're going to work or they're coming home for work, and this includes shift workers and everyone else, they're actually falling asleep at the wheel. They're not productive at their work, workplace. Um, you know, their, their mind mentally is starting to shut down. They're not having clear thoughts um, physically or mentally with that. So you know, sleep, sleep is, I think, an epidemic. And it's funny because you look at a lot of countries that, that have really good sleep. Um, you know, it, sleep and obesity actually goes hand in hand as well. Because you know, when you don't get good sleep, you know, a lot of, a lot of sleep hormones, you know, like your testosterone and IGF-1 and insulin, you know, a lot of those really good sleep hormones that help recover the body, that help burn fat, that help maintain muscle mass. You're not getting the benefits of those because you're not getting into that deep sleep. So, so that's my problem. <laughs> well, no, so, it's true. I only sleep maybe five hours. Right. If I'm lucky if I get five. My problem is I can't shut my brain off. What to go to sleep? It right. just uh, and now with football starting, you know, I'm gonna have plays going on in my head, and and I'm thinking about practice, I'm thinking about games, things like that, and my mind won't shut off. I a little little um a couple tips for you. One, I always tell athletes an hour before bedtime. Get rid of the technology. Keep the phone out of your room. Keep the keep the TV out of your room. You know, don't have any any visual tech, technological stimulus in front of your face because that's going to stimulate hormones that actually keep you up and elevated. You know, and, and aware. It's going to elevate that sympathetic nervous system. It's going to keep you excited. You know, it, it's so you want to stay away from that. Secondly, try not to read anything. Because I know a lot of guys like reading before bed, but then it's like, what do I read? Don't read things that are like um, they, they cause you to to solve problems. Or um, so if you have a big big um, event going the next day and you want to try to read up on it. Don't read things that are going to start getting those problem-solving centers of the brain and the backside activated. Read more um, fictional-type um, you know, books, you know, things that are, are going to kind of build more of the creativity and, and kind of get you out of that normal wear and tear and grind of the day you know, and help set that, that kind of sleep set itself. And That's what they tried to <clears throat> excuse me, teach you in college. You know, it's not that good to cram for your final exam the night before. Right. By then you should be going. Now you to, tell me. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, go to a movie, do something, or, you know, read one of those silly books or something. Anything but what you're being tested on uh, to relax your mindset going into that exam. It's probably more detrimental than, you know, cramming trying to get a whole semester of uh, reading into two hours the night before. Absolutely. It doesn't work. All right, Ben, put your headphones on. We are going to go to taking a call. We're going to Lockport to say good morning to Richie. Hi, Richie. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And yourself? 
Uh, well, today I'm 66 years old, so I, I thank God for another another day. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. There you go, man. Listen, from, I coached Little League football, Tyrell football from, from the late 60s to almost 1980. What we taught our kids fundamentally was calisthenics and rest. And if you're tired, tell someone, coaches, if you're hurt, you tell someone. But there was a clinic we used to go to from maybe every six months at Star Park. Dog away from school, and the, and the coaches and, and the referees would come and tell us coaches fundamentally from 1971 until maybe the 1980, all the little kids were given horse collars. Okay, you know what those are? Yeah, I remember them. I used to wear one. Okay, and they were, we were taught, they taught a blocking technique. You don't block with the top of your helmet, they were taught face blocking. You were taught face tackling. You stick your face in there, not to, not to tap your helmet. That way you get on jam your neck or get the neck spring. Yeah, but even that, Richie, even that is outdated now. Now we're doing head to the side and, and we're doing rugby-style tackling. Right. You, you you tackle the bed and you slide your head to the side. You know what I mean? You're going with your face and you turn and slide your head. You, you, you shoulder tackle. Or, but these kids aren't taught how to first make contact, wrap your arms out, lift, and don't. That's how the, we, they were taught. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, we teach rugby-style tackling. and we, The fundamentals that we learn from heads-up football, USA football, that stuff mm-hmm. is golden. And, and as I've said 100 times before on this show, you know, Pete Carroll's coming out and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, hawk t- tackling, what they're doing with the Seahawks, which is rugby-style. Get the head to the side. You Take the crown of the head out of the game. Right. But you have to, what they, what they also taught was, okay, because, Anybody, you know, these guys that can juke and dance and all that, okay, that's because kids are too busy watching these because your feet. You don't watch a person's feet. You, you watch the waist. Right. The waist doesn't lie. The waist. And you aim for the waist, and that way you, you, you're also making a clean tackle. These guys in the pros aren't taught that. They just talk about, you know, I got to go out there and throw my body around them and make a tackle. It does not work. And these kids watch it on TV. Yeah. How many times we see Stefan Gilmore miss a tackle because he was trying to throw his shoulder in there rather than wrap somebody up? No, every time he wanted to ask the boys what a party is after the game. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're right about that, Richie. All right, you know, but I just want to get that in, man. And I want to say peace out to everybody and have a good day. All right, you, you too, Richie. Thanks for the. Uh... For the call. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Ben Woods of STA Sports Performance. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Roger's worrying me. He really is. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Caligari, along with Frank White, Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, and we have. Uh, we have Ben Woods from STA Sports Performance in here. Program note, next week we have a special treat for you. Uh, Coach Crozier from St. Joe's is bringing in his dad. Uh, you talk about Sabre royalty. Joe Crozier is going to join us in studio. I can't wait for that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. You're talking about the man that put the French connection together. Yeah, baby, I'm all about that. <laughs> Anthony, I'm going to be in Binghamton next weekend for the BCANY basketball. May I join the program on the phone? Uh, you could listen in, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would... Uh, Ask some questions, yeah. I could be a part of it. Long as long as your phone's not breaking up. It shouldn't, uh, as long as I'm away from the... Uh, 
Okay. No, I'm up on the hill in Binghamton. I should be fine. Why were you late Wednesday? My wife did not want to attend a certain function in Orchard Park by herself. Taste of Orchard Park. Uh-huh. You were eating. I was with my wife. You were eating. No, we, well, I had, uh, what did I have? <laughs> oh, no, I, all I had before was uh, the two barbecue ribs from B&W mm. and uh, taco in a bag. I oh. love taco in a bag. Chefs had their uh, food truck there, if you can believe that. So oh, spaghetti parm. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, dinner on Thursday. She All right, we're ending the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about perfect well, segue to our next feel better topic. After the after the game, when I got home, I had kettle corn. Uh, yeah, kettle corn's okay. <laughs> okay. Not bad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge popcorn guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, what yeah. you have to try is uh, is uh, popcorn with golden grams in it. I, I get it at Buy's uh, Popcorn oh, Stand you know in, in Olcott. It's just like this stuff. I suppose you like one of these popcorns that have chocolate coating on there. Yeah, I don't mind I like that. chocolate. I like popcorn. I don't like them together. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't mix them. I'll call you and ask your permission then. But uh, <laughs> see the dilemma I have to go through every year at this All-Star game? Four out of seven years, there's a conflict because the uh, Taste of Orchard Park is always the fourth mm. Wednesday, and uh, uh, Lions Club All-Star Game is always the last Wednesday. So if there's not a five Wednesdays in a month in July, those particular years, I'm in a dilemma. I commend your dedication. I have to, to run measure. to the Orchard Park. Taste of Orchard Park, eat and run. And that's not right. No, that's not I'm right. I'm sure as a trainer, he'll <laughs> tell you, you don't eat and then go right into your activity. I can solve your problem. That. Wait a minute, food and then football? I don't see a problem. I can there. solve your problem. <laughs> just just hijacked, watching football now. No, just right. Hi, hi, well, hijacked. Aunt, Paul, you got to realize Anthony is still trying to work out a. Uh, you know, a taste of high school football and all that. Get all the contestants. That would be fantastic. Once, so. Hey, I told my son Nick uh, the other day. I said we got to go out and you know, every field we go to play this year, we have to grade their their concession stand. How many uh, How many hours uh, before uh, like a football game or practice? Uh, between the time you eat and the practice, how much should be in between? Yep, that's a good question because we see it all the time. Kids come in to work out, or if they go to practice, you know, they're either skipping breakfast that are having you know a, a, a sub quality food. You know, sub 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 quality. So let me rephrase that: a, a poor quality food choice um, before. So yeah, typical what we recommend is you know within an hour of practice um, or a game, you know, you, you're going to want something in your body, but you know, but what you know, I, I usually recommend about twelve to fifteen grams of protein, about twenty to twenty five grams of carbs it could be something as simple as you know some applesauce a little bit of protein powder in it um some oatmeal with with some protein um if you handle dairy well you know some greek yogurt um you know with a little bit of and fruit nicholas is probably thinking is that before the meal or after the meal? <laughs> uh, th- this is this is a something that's gonna you know get in the system get to the muscle you know it's going to keep you energetic throughout the throughout the session because the big thing is when you when you exercise and when you play you want the blood to go to your muscles not your stomach so you don't want to have a massive meal you know a big steak dinner right before you play because it's going to just sit in your stomach your blood's going to get thick you know insulin's going to rise um, so you're, you don't want to feel sluggish on the field. So you need something that's going to keep your energy levels high. So that's why I always recommend, you know, a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, you know, beforehand. The fats are going to slow absorption. So we typically don't put a lot of fats before or after the, 
the the um, the immediate you know training session with that. You can keep those later on. But you know if you're having a game, you know let's say at at one o'clock in the afternoon for guys that play on Saturday, um, you know definitely start your morning with a great breakfast. You know seven thirty eight o'clock. Definitely don't get up right before your game. You know that's a big thing too is waking up you know two to three hours prior because it takes not only your body but your brain a certain amount of time to get woken up you know to play. So make sure you get up, have a good breakfast. You know um, we we usually recommend too. At every meal, try to structure every meal around a protein. So for breakfast, you know, you can have eggs, you can have sausage, bacon. You know, lunchtime, you're throwing in your turkey, your chicken. Um, at dinner, you know, if, if you like fish, you can handle some salmon or whatnot, um, or steak or hamburger meat. You know, structure the meals around that. After that, I always recommend at least two salads a day. Now, this applies for, you know, for many people, you know, and again, this is a very general. Let, let me look that one up. Yes. <laughs> now, this isn't just lettuce, there, Tony. This is. I, think you lo- I saw a deep fried salad. Does I that do. count? <laughs> I think you lost Tony in uh, seafood and salad. <laughs> he dropped out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, next question too: How much can eating after a game be part of your warm down? Yeah, so athletes ask quite a bit as far as, you know, what's, first of all, what is my post workout window and what should I have within my post workout window? The way, one of the best, um, Answers I, I ever heard from this. His name is Darren Willoughby. He's a biochemist down at Baylor University. And he said he works with a lot of athletes, former powerlifter himself. He said that your post-workout window starts when your, at, when your workout ends to when your next workout begins. So it's if you stop practice at 6 p.m., your post-workout window is when your next practice begins the next day. So anything you put in your body from when that, that workout ends to when the next day, all of that is recovery time for your body. Immediately following, obviously you want something that, now again, this is not for everybody, this is more general. Um, you know, you're, I always say you have to earn your carbs for, for some athletes. You know, if you have a high body fat level, you know, carbs might not suit you the best compared to an athlete that can handle carbs a little bit better, that might have a really low body fat percentage. Um, when you look at, you know, certain somatotypes and body types. So, um, generally speaking though, right after a training session, you want, you know, high carbs, you know, moderate amount of protein. You know, if you take a protein supplement, um, again, check with your doctor, make sure everything is safe and regulated through your institution. Not and then, to mention legal. Right, exactly. Um, and then within that 15 to 30 minute window, about 45 minutes later, have a meal. You know, so, you know, we only well, recommend. That's why, the reason I brought that up is, you know, you see these players as they're walking off the field, uh, wolfing down two pieces of pizza. Is that okay? <laughs> Leave my son alone. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen athletes. I said only hit. two pieces of pizza. That's, you know. <laughs> Pizza's probably not the optimal choice um but again you know if that's better than nothing you know for an athlete that just Does worked out got a handkerchief tony's got tears running <laughs> right what's next i can't have a haystack <laughs> <laughs> well here, here's the big thing too it comes down because i i just had a, a a few guys the other day they were linebackers and they were asking me you know how do i get abs i'm like abs i said you're a football player you shouldn't be focused on abs you should be focused on how you can smash that quarterback so your main yeah. focus your main focus as an athlete should be athletic performance. You should eat to fuel your body for performance. And that includes athletic performance on the field and also recovery from your athletic endeavor. So, um, you know, the big thing is I, I tell athletes if they, if they want to, you know, body composition, you know, first off, you can't flex fat. You know, if it jiggles, it probably isn't muscle. You know, the, and the mirror doesn't lie. So if you look in the mirror, if you can't see your, your veins, your vascular, and your forms, your calves, or you can't see any definition in your, even your upper abs, you know, your body fat might be a hair high. Now, 
you know, if you look at position specific, obviously your your guys that are on the ball. I, I don't think you know if you play offensive defensive line, you, know, you shouldn't just be fat. I think you definitely have to carry a little extra weight, but you should have some bulk to you. Within that bulk, you should have a little bit more muscle. Um, but you're obviously not going to necessarily be chiseled, you know, like a DB or receiver. There's different body types for those positions. But the further you play to the ball, the O line, D line, you know, strength is a more dominant factor. Speed's still important, but you know, it, it's it's a full contact um, you know game every every play as a receiver and a DB. For Further from the ball, speed's a more dominant factor. Strength is still important, but now you know body composition is a little bit more important from that end. As far as you know, not putting too much weight on you know, from that regard, it's like yeah. Splinter. But wide receivers, let's call it out what it is. The prima donnas, they want to look good. Right. They have to have the towel just right. Everything has to be there. They're going to preen in front of the mirror right. before you go out there. I mean, actually, come uh, on. <laughs> I know some, some NFL teams, they actually have out, right outside their locker room, they have a mirror that goes from the floor to the ceiling. Oh, and players, it's for the players, they can check to make sure everything looks good and everything's right. You know, Their face mask, their mouthpiece, everything fits perfectly. And I always say... If, if, if you're not good, at least look look like it, you know, with that. so Was know, it Damaris that had said, uh, you don't wait, if you look good, you play good or something <laughs> like that? Or uh, I don't remember. What, 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 there was might Jordan be some Hogan. psychological <laughs> aspect to it. But, you know, the, the bottom line is nutrition is a, is a huge factor for performance. Sure. Um, athletes should definitely take – take advantage of it um you know we, we can't stress it enough you know when athletes come in you know, that's one of the big things we talk about especially early on is engraving good nutritional habits into their body stay away from the sugary drinks right. anthony what you just said about damaris and all that you i know you're being half uh you know humorous half serious on there vince lombardi would not allow his players to have their jerseys over their pants sticking out of their No, you have thing. to look. I mean, if the team he has says to look if good. you look right. sloppy, you would play sloppy. Right. If you practice sloppy, you would play sloppy. And I agree Lombardi with that. was a stickler back then. Absolutely. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some set uniform and standard for there. I was more talking about, you know, the face right. paint and, you know, the socks to the perfect height, all those little little, you know, details. But but yeah, getting back to the you know, nutrition, a real simple way to look at it is when you're about to put something in your body, you know, if it's not an advantage, it's probably a disadvantage. You know, so what you're doing, if you know what your goals are, and again, those should be clearly laid out and marked, you know, and you have a plan in place to get there, you know, then you should have a better idea as far as, okay, you know, should I, should I go to McDonald's after my practice or should I go home and have, you know, some leftovers from dinner that had, you know, consisted of some chicken, some vegetables on the side. Baked you know, chicken. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, again, not deep fried. Sometimes I'm just happy if athletes get the chicken in the first place. Okay. Um, and then obviously, you know, stay staying away from, you know, then we get a little pickier with that. But if we have, we've had, we've had athletes that, you know, that, that come in and they want us to talk nutrition, you know, if they're eating McDonald's twice a day, you know, getting them to eat a, uh, you know, a chicken breast with a half a cup of broccoli and a, you know, a half a cup of whole grain rice, you know, that's almost too big of a transition. So you got to start to, you know, figure out the biggest limiting factors and start to build some good habits. Now you're working with a lot of the uh, several of the high schools in the area mm -hmm. at STA Sports Performance, is the, the nutrition aspect of it? Does that come up a lot? Is that something that you consciously make time to at least inform and talk to the coaches about? Because I know some of the teams that go, the coaches are there as well. Do you go over that with the, with the kids and the coaches? Absolutely, because you can see it too when you, when you're following, when you're going into the weight room, you're about to start a session. You know, if you're looking around and, and there's athletes, and you'll notice they'll be chirpy, they'll be you know jo you know trying to trot around like kind of antsy, ready to go. 
those guys are ready to rock and roll. You know, the kids that are laying out on the foam roller, the ones that are kind of, you know, they look half asleep, you know, those are the kids I'd be a little more concerned about. Hey, we might got to stick to plan B on this one, you know, because, you know, and that, that's what it ties back to nutrition and, and recovery. You know, I, and that's usually the kids I'm asking, you know, what'd you eat for breakfast? Oh, I didn't have time. My, my alarm clock didn't go off. Or what, you know, what, how much sleep did you get last night? Oh, I, you know, I, I just up. went to bed an hour ago. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, making sure that, that they're smart and they're taking care of their body ahead of time. Um, and that's, that, again, that's coming from us. We, we talk usually at the beginning and also the end, uh, mostly at the end because I think it sticks more, you know, because at the beginning they're kind of, you know, anxious to, to get started. They don't quite know what they're going to do specifically. So, you know, they're thinking more about the workout in, um, ahead. Um, so, yeah, at the end of every session, we always try to, you know, push three to five minutes worth of, of good nutritional takeaways they can, they can push with them, you know, throughout the day. One so, more quick question on nutrition. Halftime. Halftime during a football game. I always, you know, I always seen players eating oranges. And the other thing was, uh, I don't know if this is a myth or it works, have a chocolate bar because it's a quick source of energy. That's Your bad. thoughts on that. Yeah, so when you take in like a high glycemic carbohydrate, like a high insulin index, like something that has a lot of sugar in it, you're going to get an initial spike in insulin, blood glucose, and that, that insulin is going to pull that blood glucose out of the system. So you're going to get an initial spike in energy. The problem is if you have two more quarters left, you know, the first few minutes you might feel good, but then you're going to kind of hit that sluggish state. You know, if you have enough adrenaline, that's going to carry a little further. Uh, but I, I typically stay away from a lot of the higher sugary type um, type things. Now, there are some fruits that are that are okay. Um, you know, apples are, are okay. Um, you know, bananas are all right. They're a little high in fructose, which I try to stay from my workouts. It's not the bananas are bad. They're just not ideal around a training session. Um, blueberries, strawberries, things like that. But are, doesn't are, the banana help you with uh, pr- uh, uh, crack right. prevention? It's, it's one of those things. There's, it's, it's good and it's bad. I think it's more good than bad. So you got to look at, at the fruits that have more fiber in them. Because um, when you have, have fruits that are really high in sugar, you know, you are going to get the benefits from those antioxidants mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the nutrients. But you also are going to get you know a quick release energy and then kind of a, a more of a slower sluggish state so what i would do is i would combine you know some apples or bananas you know or some like blueberries something like that and then throw in some some sort of um I, you know if you don't have it like a bca like branched chain amino acid supplement you know during you could always throw in you know maybe some some oats or, or um you know like i mentioned before like some applesauce you know something like that you know, and you don't want anything, like I said, any fats. You know, I've seen guys do some nuts, but the problem with nuts are the same thing, that those fats are going to kind of sit in your stomach with it. So usually during... Not to mention make you thirsty. Right. So usually just stick with more of kind of a complex carb, you know, at halftime. Um, the fruits are okay. You know, stick with something like that, and then you should be okay. A lot of water, a lot of hydration, Gatorade, Powerade, things like that. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, one last segment. We're going to talk about in-season training. You've already, you've gone through training camp. Now the season has started, uh, you know... You, the games are going. How do you take care? How do you keep up that that intensity? How do you keep up that high performance with your body? So we'll ask Ben about that when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports and then Sports Talk Saturday up at 11 o'clock. Are we going to be live from uh, training camp with Sal? Awesome. So you want to keep it right here, Sal, get you up to date as to what's going on at St. John Fisher. What time are they practicing today, Joe? They actually just wrapped up practice. It was a morning practice at 845. I think they just wrapped it like five minutes ago. All right. Outstanding. So we'll have to, uh, have to check out highlights and see Sal's report and hear what Sal has to say about the Bills starting mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. We're talking with Ben Woods of STA Sports Performance. We've uh, discussed... Uh, 
hydration, nutrition. Now the season starts. You're you're playing the game, so you're not training as <clears throat> like you did before in season training. Right. Yeah. So you you know your goal is if you didn't have a ton of control over the players in the off season, you know you, your goal is that they come into camp already in shape. You know the players that I always see that have a lot of the issues once camp starts is the guys that really did minimal to nothing in the off season, or they just didn't do the proper training in the off season. Hear so that, you, guys that don't train. So you should <laughs> you should not use camp as a time to get in shape. You should already be in great shape for your sport going into camp. You know, and and, and now when it gets into the the, I just wanted to throw that out there because you know you have to have something before you can maintain it. Everyone talks about maintaining. It's like, well, what are you maintaining if you? can't even squat your own body weight you know it's like come on now so so understanding that you know off-season training that helps set the foundation a pyramid's only as high as it is wide so when you're looking at training and physical preparation for an athlete you have to build that foundation as big as possible you know if you get 11 strong athletes versus 11 weak athletes on the field guess what's going to happen the 11 weak athletes are going to get hurt so for goodness sake you know in the off-season you know strengths would definitely be a priority you know speed explosiveness you know power there's a lot of ways to kind of program that typically early off-season will focus more we call it gpp or general physical preparation where that's elevated you know the football specific stuff is more um kind of on the on the back end of things you know try to get them out of the of the funk of you know going through week by week by week play 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 you know so we're trying to really build up everything they couldn't really focus on so much in the season itself so getting them stronger building up their weaknesses um getting their conditioning level um optimal you know you don't have to prioritize conditioning early um but as you get closer to the season you go from more like for us we with a lot of our high school teams um, you know, we'll go eight to 10 weeks out, you know, we'll start with more strength b- speed based exercises like hill sprints, sled sprints, you know, resisted based sprint work and acceleration work on one day, more multi-directional stuff on the other. And then as we get closer to the season, we'll change it more to, to speed based stuff, you know, body weight type stuff. You know, football is a big sport of reactiveness. You know, you have to react constantly to the, to the guy across from you. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of reactive based stuff to make it very specific to the nature of the sport of football. Um, and we do a lot of that stuff as it gets closer to camp. So, you know, it goes more from general training to more sport-specific training as we get closer to, to camp itself. And then once you're in camp, you know, it's about maintenance at that point. So, you know, usually what we'll do is um, in training camp, we will back down a little bit on the intensity because um, you look at max effort work. Obviously, max effort work in a gym is pushing up to like a one, three, or five rep max. Um, you know, 100% intensity going all out and straining under a heavy weight. When you're on the field, a max effort movement would be like a all-out tackle or, or a maximal sprint down the sideline. So you don't want to do a max effort, you know, play on the field and then the same day coming into a max effort lift. So there's got to be a, a balance there. So what gives one way, you got to take from the other with that. So what we'll do is in season, it's more about maintenance. We'll, we'll, we'll t- um, kind of drum down a little bit of the intensity, a little bit of the volume. And then once the games actually start, we typically try to find two times a week where we train. Um, a lot of the schools will go into and do the training. Some bring their teams to us. And what we'll do is the first day is usually more of a recovery session from the previous game. You know, a lot of the guys are banged up. They have little bumps and bruises. You know, we're trying to get some blood flow in the muscles you know, get the body back to um, a, a good feeling state, you know, build movement efficiently, get that, get that all flushed out. And then the second workout is more of a prep kind of workout for the next game, you know, with that. So that's where we're pushing a little bit, you know, getting the speed, um, you know, all that stuff back. We might throw in some light jumps uh, mixed in with the squats and, and that. But again, the, the, we're not going ultra heavy. Um, you know, we might keep it like a three or five rep weight that's challenging, but they're able to leave some in the tank. Um, and then we'll hit accessory work. We spend a lot of time on 
things that are very um, therapeutic and, and like decompressive based, like reverse hypers and belt squat exercises, sled dragging, things that don't put a lot of compression on the spine because the sport of football is very compressive in nature, puts a lot of wear and tear on the body. So you don't want to go from beating your body up on the field to all of a sudden beating it up in the weight room. You know, you're getting, something's going to give eventually. So the weight room, the whole goal of the weight room is you want to yield the highest result at the lowest cost to your body. You know, and I know coaches that are all sold out on Olympic lifting and things like that. Me personally, I don't see the benefit versus the risk ratio of you actually using them. If you get a, a kid in for six weeks, eight weeks, even if you're an Olympic level coach, which is very rare um, experts out there at that Olympic level, you know that there's too much risk in injuring your player in the weight room that versus benefits. So what we do is we stick to things that are simple. You know, when we when we look at an athlete, we we'll ask ourselves. You know, what can we do and what can't we do to help enable them to do what they do? So that's why we give them things they can't screw up. You know, box jumps, med ball throws. Uh, med ball throws are awesome. It's multi-planner. You can throw them forward, overhead, behind you, rotationally. You know, very specific to the sport of football. Um, you know, we'll do, you know, squats and deadlifts, rack pulls, you know, things of that nature. Um, you know, a lot of accessory work, GHRs, you know, partner hams, um, sled dragging, a lot of sled work, you know, things like that, that, that really build up, keep their posterior chain strong, keep their abs strong, their upper back strong. And it, it's incredible when you train them properly you know how many uh, how much decreased injuries there are and, and how they they feel so much better throughout the season the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to train hard all off season and then just completely take away training in season because think about it this way everything that gets you stronger that gets you faster more explosive you know all the training you do in the off season well what's the most important time of the year it's the season itself so why stop doing everything that is getting you stronger and faster more explosive during the most important time of the year so you just want to kind of taper it down a little bit and that's going to get to the best results well, Ben, uh, unbelievable wealth of information uh, you, you always bring to the program, and I can't thank you enough for uh, you know the work that you're doing with the high school teams, and again for coming in here and imparting your wisdom on our audience. Uh, invaluable. So, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you in there, Frank and Roger. Uh, you guys had the morning off today, so you basically <laughs> had it easy. Thank you, guys. Joe, thank you for producing. Stay I'll see lo- you in two weeks. I'll call next week. Yeah, yeah. Call in next week. We're gonna have Coach Crozier in, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, then the, maybe the week after, we'll get into some soccer talk. And next thing you know, we're gonna be previewing the upcoming season. So it, it goes by fast. So if it's here, folks. We'll see you next week with more inside high school sports this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.